Welcome to J House Radio, episode 91. Nine, nine episodes from 100. It is your fearless leader, your amazing black man, the Mr. Man who's uh, always, always uh, being imagined by people being in tank tops and boots. Um, <laughs> KJ is in the building. <laughs> Also, we, we won't tell. We won't tell that story. <laughs> also, my amazing co-host, uh, the wise man on the mountain, uh, the secret you don't want to tell your mama, and Maui's, um, I guess, long distant cousin, because you, you look like Maui. Los, Everyone says that. Everybody. Aloha, people. Aloha. Los is in the building. My my energy just like sh- like shot through the roof just now, like literally right before we went live. I was thinking to myself, like, I am extremely tired. Please just like, please just let, let me get through this podcast tonight. And then as soon as I hit record, I'm like, this energy just like flow through my body. You know what? I've been feeling the same way too. Just like exhausted. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know why. Yeah. Same here. Same here. It's it's literally the same thing. It's like today I just, I felt so extremely tired today. I'm just like, I don't know if I can do it. You know, I'm like, nah, man, I got, I, I got to do the pod. This is like the one thing I look forward to, like throughout the month. I just freaking got to do it. So we're here, man. We're here. Same and here. Uh, enough of the, you know, tired old man talk, guys. We're, we're here to talk some uh, entertainment, some film, some video games uh, and some Nightmare on Elm Street. We're doing a retrospective on Nightmare on Elm Street franchise, uh, Freddy Krueger. Um, so that's going to be fun, a little different for the pod, but you know what, in, in terms of Halloween season, we figured why not? Yeah. So, uh, before we jump into that, um, as always, don't forget, we're going to, uh, pay the bills real quick. If you guys are watching us live, hit that like, and subscribe, support the show. If you guys listen to the audio version of this podcast, make sure you guys leave a review, follow us. Um, and if you guys want to support us, Patreon is the best way to do it. Uh, leave a, uh, review on the audio version or. Uh, check out our merch, which will be in the description below. It keeps the lights on around here. That's much appreciated, as always. Very, very true. Uh, Los, PWLs, do you have any this week? Um, I'm not playing anything. So you mean to tell me that you're not playing the Amazing Spider-Man 2 that just came out on PS5 a few days ago? <laughs> Boy, I'm too broke to buy the Amazing Spider-Man 2. <laughs> Let's just keep it real. Oh, man. I feel you, man. I feel you. Are you are you are you watching anything at least? No, not really, man. I mean, I'm watching um Star Trek Lower Decks, you know, but those are like cartoons in like 25 minutes. And as good as they are, they'll be over in two episodes. Yeah. For the season. And then we're going back into the desert that is Hollywood right now. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Um well, for me, I am actually playing um, Spider-Man 2. Uh, I just, just started it. Um, I maybe I put about three hours in or something like that. And it's, pun intended, it's freaking amazing. I literally, I would have to say it's even only putting in a few hours so far. It like The story is just so amazing. The acting is just off the charts. Um, the gameplay is just awesome. You can switch between Miles and Peter just seamlessly, like literally at the press of a button, like that, that literally shows the power of the PS5, shows the power of that amazing SSD that they have in that bad boy. Um, you can literally be in the, med- in the middle of a mission. Well, I don't know if you can be in the middle of a mission, but I know like you could just be in the middle of swinging 
you can pause the game, press a button, and you can switch to wherever Peter Parker is and vice versa. And it's just so fluid and seamless. Um, graphics are amazing. Um, and like I said, I'm only about maybe a few hours in, so I'm not going to spoil anything or give away any like story beats or anything like that. But it's so far, it's, it's a good game. And it's been getting rave reviews, like nines, tens in, in some places. And some people are definitely already putting this in game of the year category. Oh, do you think it's going to beat Harry Potter? Uh, I think it will probably be Harry Potter. Harry Potter will probably give it some competition, um, but just based off the power of Spider-Man, especially nowadays, I, I feel like it's it, it's is going to be Harry Potter, Spider-Man Two. Jeez, um, I can't even think of all the other games that came out there. But there, there's so many great games that actually came out this year. Diablo Four, I know that's going to be up there for Game of the Year. Um, yeah, it's, it's definitely Spider-Man is, is, is going to be on that list for sure. It's probably going to be a lot of people's favorites to actually win Game of the Year this year. So Okay. Awesome game, man, so far. Awesome I mean, I've seen game. some of the gameplay, and it looks good. Yeah. But, like, every clip I have only shows, like, well, there's all this sand everywhere. And I'm like, uh, I think I need to go watch the full walkthrough to find out <laughs> why is there sand all over New York. Yeah. Are you, are you actually going to dive into it, or are you just going to – probably just watch somebody else play it well i'm eventually gonna buy the game but i'll probably buy it for myself around christmas so like in a month or two okay just be careful with spoilers man because everywhere i look on youtube everywhere i look on social media even if i'm trying to like not look for it it just pops up in my face you know like oh guess who Ven like guess who is venom you want to see the uh, the the ending of the spider-man game it's just so many things just popping up left and right see like the minute that's mm -hmm. the difference between you and me. I love spoilers, and you hate them. I, I hate spoilers, man. I am like anti-spoiler. Get them, like get them things away from me, bro. Like just, just don't, just don't do it. Especially for like a game like this. Like the whole point of me experiencing this game is to experience it. I don't want you to tell me what the ingredients are before I like take a nice bite into it. You know what I'm saying? So you're saying you don't eat cake or pancakes <laughs> or hamburgers? Bad analogy. Come on. Come on. Bad analogy. Bad analogy, for sure. Um, but yeah, so far, I'm loving it, man. Loving it. Um, as far as what I'm watching, uh, I just got finished watching Killer of a Flower Moon, the the uh, Scorsese film. I'm not sure if you heard of it. Yeah, I wasn't too interested in it uh, at first because all I saw was just clips of Leonardo DiCaprio's face, how he looks like crap. So I was like, <laughs> yeah, I could care less. And and Scorsese lately, I just I'm not I'm not feeling his stuff. But after I saw a trailer for it, I was like, all right, I'll watch this. So the, I'm gonna watch it. Yeah, it's, it's it's pretty good. It's a little long. It's like three and some change. Of I think like three thirty, three forty five. It's a pretty pretty long movie actually. Um, but yeah, I saw it recently. Uh, it's it's based off a 1920s Oklahoma family, and um. Native American family who actually has their own oil business. And as you already know, the white man comes, scoops in there and try to take their money and try to take their business and uh, trying to kill the entire family in the process. That is not a spoiler. Yep. That is a trailer. But that is history. Yeah. So it's it's a pretty gritty and in your face story. Um, there's some stuff in the film that might make some people feel uncomfortable. But that's the one thing that I love about the film is that it is raw. Um, Leonardo DiCaprio, 
Amazing performance. Hands down, one of his best performances. Loved him in his film. Um, Robert De Niro, as always, he's the GOAT. You know what I mean? So this is an Apple um, Apple original film, which is, yeah. like I said before, Apple, man. They they are really they're really digging their heels into you know this filmmaking business. Uh, when they first put out Apple Plus and they said they wanted to get into film and TV and shows and all that stuff like that, I thought it was a little weird. Um, I just figured they were just trying to follow the sheep. But Apple has been putting out some quality films, and, and this is one of their first films that actually went straight to theater. Um, I think they have another one coming out in a few months that's going straight to theater as well. But for their first attempt as a straight-to-theater film, I definitely got to give them props. It's, it's, it's definitely great. I would not be surprised if this, if this is not nominated for a film of the year, at least nominated. It's good, good film. Good film. All right. Um, well, I'm definitely going to check it out. Yeah, for sure. No, but I'm going to try. Okay. Um, all right, let me see. What else are we jumping into here? Um, let's see. All right. Do you have a random fact, Los, for the beautiful people today before we jump into Yes, it? I do. Hold on one second. Let me pull it up. Let me clear my throat. <clears throat> Sorry, now you got that song stuck in my head. I know. <laughs> uh, the sirens heard in the casino scene in Swingers were police on their way to stop the filmmakers who were shooting without a permit. <laughs> what? <laughs> Are you serious? Yes. That is so funny. Wow. It's like funny but messed up at the same time. Oh, I've had that happen to me. I've had that happen to me. Where, where I'm shooting wow. a, a small independent film and cops come and they're like, oh, do you have a permit and blah, 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 blah. And then everyone like whips out their student IDs. You know, like half of them are outdated. They're like, no, it's a student film. Look, these are all our IDs. And they have a tendency to like say, yeah, wrap it up in half an hour. And then you get to walk away. But I've known people who've gotten tickets for it. Really? Yeah. In major wow. cities, people will give out a lot of tickets. In like non-major cities, cops will either, you know, hang around, just kind of like, oh, what are you guys doing? You know, yeah. or they'll just like tell you, get out of here. But nine out of ten times, most <laughs> cops in, in a non-major city will just be like, you know, oh, so what are you guys doing? You know, and then like you talk to them about the gear and everything else and blah, blah, blah. I mean, it sucks half an hour out of your shoot, but it allows yeah. you to continue the shoot. You know, you'll be surprised how much cops are like very curious about movies and photo shoots. Yeah. I mean, yeah. If, if that's what's going to get them off your back, <laughs> I'll sit there and talk to you for a minute. We're going to jump into the topic that we are here for, and that is Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, we're going to do a deep dive on a franchise of Freddy Krueger and all his Nightmare on Elm Street films, give our thoughts on it, and just basically kick back and have conversation with you guys about it. Like I said, we're in the spirit of Halloween um, or uh, Fall Fest, whatever you guys want to call it. Um, so, yeah, we're going to do something or, different. Or Old Hallows Eve is Old the original Halloween. name. Old Hallows Eve, yeah. The original name for I Halloween. I was actually surprised that you wanted to do this particular topic because I know you're not a horror movie guy. No, I'm not a horror movie guy in general. Um, but really, for me, it's more like slasher films and stuff that I don't really, I don't really get. You know, mm -hmm. like I don't understand what what the joy of it is. Okay. Um, but Freddy Krueger, all of them have had some sort of through line in it. You know, like um, there's a story behind the horror, and and that's what makes it interesting. 
That's why I like a lot of possession horror movies because there's a storyline in it. So that's what makes it really interesting. Like, like you're invested in the characters and stuff like that and you're trying to find out what's going on. So that's one of the things Freddy Krueger has over a lot of other horror films was there is a through line. There's a story, you know, whether it's the original, uh, the terrible one that was part two, um, the Dream Warriors, all of them had some kind of storyline through and why these people are, why Freddy is going after them, one, um, how they're defending themselves, how they communicate with each other, you know, and like you root for a lot of these characters to survive. And when they don't, you're like, you're a little sad and you're like, damn, who's next? So that's yeah. one of the reasons why I think Freddy, uh, The Nightmare on Elm Street is such a, such a great franchise. Although the remake was terrible. Yeah, the remake was so bad. I actually kind of like just erased that from my mind because it was just really bad. It was it was horrible, you know. Um, I, I I I think the Nightmare on Elm Street. This is actually one of my questions that I want us to talk about. Actually, um, do you feel like the Nightmare on Elm Street is one of those films um, that should just like they should just be done with it? Don't try to remake it. Don't try to have like an origin story or try to find some way to continue to like, do you feel like it's just one of those franchises where it's just like, Hey, it had its run. It had an amazing run. It had a historic run. Just let it rest. Um, no, no. I think there's still two or three films left in the franchise. Who is smart enough to actually make that come to life? I don't know. Um, the thing about Freddy Krueger is, if you do not find the right actor to play Freddy Krueger, who is part terrifying and part hysterical, you know, all at the same time, you're you're not going to make a good Freddy Krueger movie. But I do feel there's still two or three other films that can be made, but I think the last one should be made where they completely get rid of Freddy Krueger. Like, they find a way to, to send his soul to hell or something. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I mean, because honestly, that that's one of the things that made uh, the original Night the Nightmare on Elm Street films uh, just so classic. Robert England, man, like that yeah. that that is that is Freddy Krueger. There are just some actors out there who play roles like, um, like freaking Sylvester Stallone. Like he's Rocky. You know what I mean? You yeah. see him, you think Rocky. You know, um, the guy who played or Tony Rambo, Clark, or, or or Rambo. You know, Rocky and Rambo. Like that's two like. I actually just thought about that. Like he played two amazing iconic characters that he will always be known for. Um, and just so on and so forth. So many actors out here who, who play these particular roles and like they're known for those roles. And Robin England was known for his role as Freddy Krueger and to get somebody who can take that and make it their own and just run with it. I know that's gotta be hard. It's, it's, it's hard. To, it's hard to do that. It's really There's hard. one actor who I think could do it. Uh, let me pull up his name for you uh, in one second. Okay. The actor from Reanimator. Reanimator. I feel yes. like I know that. What is that? Jeffrey Combs. I think he's probably one of the few actors who could pull it off. Because if you look at the films he's done, He's been both terrifying, funny, charming, charismatic, like everything all at once. So I think he's one of the few actors who could pull it off. Oh, Jeffrey Combs. Yes, I agree. I agree. He he has, Jeffrey Combs has that weird just look about him. You know what I mean? Like, like he, he looks like that next door neighbor that you don't want watching your kids. <laughs> you know what I mean? 
Like he yeah. definitely has that look. So I I can see that Jeffrey Combs. I, I I can see that. The question is like how how old is he now? He was born in fifty four. So okay, so he's a little so he's a little he's he's too old to play the part, but like I believe he has the skills for it. Yeah. Um, someone younger, I don't know. Yeah, you know? that's gonna be tough, man. That's gonna be tough. Like anybody younger playing that role is. Like you got to be an amazing actor, man. You really have to be an amazing actor to to play that role because that yeah. is, those are those are big shoes to fill, man. Big shoes. So I can't I can't think of a younger actor who could do it. Can anyone in chat think of somebody? I don't know. Yeah, I I can't. Yeah, if anybody can think of a younger actor that can actually play that kind of role, let me know because that would I don't know. That's tough. That's tough. Yeah. And the other thing, too, about it is um, do you stick with an American actor or do you go across the pond and grab a British actor? Or do you go completely out of typecasting and go somebody, you know, Indian, Chinese, Latino, African, you know, like um, that's one of those things. Because of the makeup, the ethnicity, I feel like, doesn't doesn't matter. You yeah, know? I don't think it I don't think it matters. I think. Um, trade man in chat says Jared Leto. <laughs> oh man. Um, you know what? Physically, I 100% agree with you. I think physically he has the, the right small frame and everything else, but he's just crazy, you know? <laughs> and, and, and I think what, he would actually hurt perfect. somebody. That's perfect though. He's crazy. <laughs> no, but I think he would hurt somebody. Like you, you heard everything he did on, you know, when he was playing Joker. Yeah. He, he was, uh, he he's one of those uh method actors for sure like hardcore method actors yeah a little too method if you ask me but yeah jared leto was probably the the closest today that i think could who could pull that off yeah yeah i i yeah i would probably say jared leto honestly like no jokes that probably would be the closest person like you said at the end of the day it's not about i don't think it's about who doing it i just think it's about if that person has range to be creative and be spooky, then yeah, go for it. Go for the it. The only other actor I would think maybe would be West uh West Chatham. He uh was in the expanse and he played the um, the stormtrooper with the gold mask. Oh, okay. He's a good maybe. actor who who could pull off because I've seen in the expanse he pulls off creepy. You know, and psycho. Mm -hmm. um, okay. And in real life, he's really funny. Like you see interviews with him and he's like the nicest, warmest guy who's like always laughing and joking with everybody. Yeah. So I, I think maybe him, but other than those, but he's the wrong body type. But other than those two, I really can't think of anybody. Okay. Okay. Uh, which film out of all the Nightmare on Elm Street films is your favorite or worst or not uh, so favorite? Uh, hold on. Let me pull up the list. Okay. Because I want to make sure. I am um, I choose you. I would probably say um, number three, Dream Warriors. Wow. Okay. I'm surprised you picked that one. Uh, I, I just really like the story in it. And the fact that um, Nancy came back, um, I thought was really good. <clears throat> um, and not only that, it... it try to come back to being scary again. It didn't pull it off in certain places, but the uh, for me, it's still my favorite. You know, the, the best one is still the first one. 
because oh, that yeah. one was actually scary. Yeah, I'll agree. I'll agree. And Johnny Depp's first role. Yes, that that a lot of people don't. I don't know if you guys know that, but uh, yeah, that's another random fact. Um, <clears throat> the the very first Nightmare on Elm Street is Johnny Depp's first film, which is yep. pretty pretty interesting. Pretty pretty interesting. Um, I would have to say my my favorite Nightmare on Elm Street film is actually Wes Craven's New Nightmare um, that came out in 1994. Um, I think just what they did with this story in Nightmare on Elm Street was very interesting that you don't even see a lot of movies do today. Um, Heather Lioncap, the, uh, the actress that plays Nancy, was playing herself in this movie. She was playing Heather Lioncap. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and like all the actors, like even um, like everybody was playing themselves. You know what I mean? Uh, Wes Craven was playing himself, so on and so forth. Robert England was playing himself. And the world of the film Nightmare on Elm Street that they portrayed and, you know, produced and directed all these years was bleeding into real life. And that's what the story, that's what that story was about. And I thought that was just so interesting, especially from a horror movie. Like you don't really see a lot of intricate storylines like that and Wes Craven growing up was literally one of my favorite um horror directors of all time like I I freaking love that man what he did with that um, franchise what he did with the Scream franchise before he passed away was like like he just put out like like he made just smart horror films because horror films are usually known to be stupid and immature and people do dumb things and they fall over their own feet you know stuff like that uh, Wes Craven made fun of that stuff and he took it to a different level and what he did with um, New Nightmare was just so amazing so for me besides the original Nightmare on Elm Street New Nightmare was actually probably I would have to say my favorite out of the entire franchise okay Love it. Um, what I, I liked about it is in the original Nightmare on Elm Street is they had okay let me get the actor's name right John Saxton in it oh he yes. played the father this is the guy who was in Enter the Dragon. Yeah, you know what I'm yeah. trying to say, and he's a Nightmare on Elm Street, which I thought was awesome. <laughs> yeah, seriously, uh, like he was a big like at that time to get him for that film. That was that was a big deal. There wasn't really a lot of yeah. known actors in that film, you know, or at least good actors in that film, and to have him in there was big for them. Honestly, not only that, was... you know, um, what's his name again? Robert England was mostly a TV was known as a TV actor. Yeah. Yeah. So that was that was big for them to snag him. It was really big. Um so do you think um hold on, let me see. I'm, I'm trying to get this question right. Do do you think that there is room in the horror film industry for another franchise to like rival what Nightmare on Elm Street is? Like like do you think there's a chance that we're going to get something of this type of quality of a franchise ever again. Because if you think about the horror films that we've gotten over the years, really hasn't been much. I feel like the horror genre, I feel like the horror franchise has been going through a drought. I know we get like cheesy movies a few times a year, but we haven't really got a substantial like franchise or horror film in a very long time. Maybe outside of the conjuring movies and stuff like that. I, I was just gonna say that the conjuring. <laughs> I was just gonna say that. But I feel like they're by themselves. I feel like there's there's really nobody else right now. There's nothing else out right now, like besides garbage. 
well scream scream tried to be a franchise um and they yes. got really they, they they're i mean they are a franchise but i kind of feel like they don't hold the magic that nightmare on elm street or even uh friday the 13th uh held yeah i mean they try bringing back michael myers a couple times but i just kind of think the idea of a slasher like that i think is passe now i agree you know? i agree uh, i think maybe evil dead yeah they're trying to bring it like see like that's the thing evil dead scream these are all franchises that were big in their time and they're trying to bring it back to feed it to new blood you know give well, you know give it to new faces and stuff like that but well evil dead had a tv show yes uh ash versus evil dead i still haven't watched it yet i, I haven't watched it either and, and it's, it's all done <laughs> yeah Still haven't watched maybe it. that should be part of our retro review yeah maybe we could do that we could probably do that um but yeah i don't know it's just like they're trying to i mean just like i was talking to you about right, right before we went live on the show a lot of these film industries i mean these film studios are trying to live off these old franchises and bring stuff back and i get it you want to try to bring it to a new generation and you know try to make that money you know again and so on and so forth but I'm getting tired of the reboots. I'm getting tired of the the remakes, the remasters, the origin stories. Like, I mean, heck, we have an origin story for, you know, Willy Wonka coming out. And I'm like, yeah, who asked for a Willy Wonka origin story? Who wants that? You know what I mean? But I'm just, I'm kind of getting tired of just like the redos, the do-overs, the remakes and the remasters. I'm kind of getting tired of that. And I feel like we don't get enough original stories anymore, especially when it comes to film. the problem is the money. Um, when you look at the 90s, you're looking at a very unique era in film where um, video cameras and uh, film being the cheapest it's ever been um, allowed people to make a lot of independent films. So um, people will make these films, market them, sell them to, to these movie companies or distribution companies, and it would go out there. But what's killed a lot of originality has become YouTube, for for sure, because yeah. now you don't need a distributor. You can just make it, post it, you know. Um, and because movie um, movie studios aren't willing to gamble money anymore, they're just like, listen, I just need something that's a hit. Well, listen, <laughs> we know Star Trek's a hit. We'll do Star Trek. We know Star Wars is a hit. We'll do Star Wars. <clears throat> we know, you know, um, you know, this movie or that movie's a hit. We'll do that one. You know, yeah. and that's kind of what they've done. But unfortunately, when they do the remakes, they lose the soul of what the film originally was meant to be. Robocop yeah. is a good example. You know, although the Robocop reboot was entertaining, it was nothing like the original. Um, yeah. Even if they would have just left him silver and not done the black, I think that would have helped people accept it more. Yeah. Um, what's the other one that um, Arnold Schwarzenegger did where he went to Mars? Total Recall. When they rebooted Total Recall, like that was a complete disaster. I was like, "What are they trying to make here?" I didn't even try. I didn't even try to watch that. It just it looked like it was going to be bad. Like I love the original Total Recall. I watched it a billion times, but when I heard that they were doing a remake or whatever you want to call it, I was like, "I am not watching that crap. I'm not doing it." <laughs> well, the thing yeah. is, the pro- the Total Recall remake had great moments in the film, but not enough moments to make it a good film. 
Yeah. You know, yeah. it's one of those movies where like, hey, yeah, watch this scene or watch that scene, but you can't really go past that. Uh, Legion says same for some movies or shows or video games that become live action as well. Um, yes, yeah. I agree. And a lot of problem with turning games into movies is you have a situation like what we had with The Last of Us, where, um, you know, Kay played it and he loved it and I didn't play it. And then I just was. I just didn't enjoy it, you know? Yeah. So games are also, you know, something else. And then there's the disaster that was the Halo TV show. Oh, my goodness gracious. Actually, <laughs> um, I don't think Halo, the TV show, was... If they would have just called it anything else, I would have liked it. If they, they would have just read the manual on the camera or their <laughs> editing software and made it look like a movie, I think people would have been a lot more accepting. It was a high budget. It was a high budget production that looked cheap. It looked like a B movie. I don't understand what happened. They put a lot of money into the show, and it looked so cheesy. And like, mind you, I don't mind a cheesy show. I love cheesy shows as much as the next person. Like, I I really do. Come on, like I grew up in the nineties, so I love cheesy shows as much as the next person. But just what they were going for, especially when you take a franchise like Halo. It's a certain expectation. And then when you have the bar all the way down here, everybody who knows the franchise or kind of have an idea of what to expect, look at this and they say, what the heck is this? What are you doing? Why did you yeah. even call this Halo? You should have just called this Spaceman Saving the Universe. You know, or, even keep, or even keep the Halo title, but don't show Sarge. You know, have him be a secondary character that rescues your main character or something yeah, like that. Exactly. I would have had I would have rather just not have been about Master Chief, just made made it about one of the random grunts or something, and then just say, Hey, this is a Halo universe story. Yeah. All right, cool. I like there there's no major expectation, you know, and you know, you don't have to worry about the major story beats connecting or not. You just say, Hey, we're gonna do our own thing, we're gonna do something in the Halo universe. That's it. Yeah. Would have made more would have made way more sense. I 100% um, agree. But yeah, um, like I said, as far as the horror franchise right now, horror franchises right now, I feel like the only thing that's really doing something on a consistent um, quality basis would, would have to be the Conjuring franchise, honestly, in my opinion. I, I love that franchise. I think they're doing some great things. They're making their own universe, so to speak. Um, and yeah, I think that's the only thing that's really doing something. I mean, I know Saw came back with like Saw 10, but that that's just... I don't, come on, who still watches Saw, man? The, the, the first Saw was classic. I will admit that. Classic film. After that, just stop it. Just please stop it. Um, but yeah. Yeah, so, I agree with you. <laughs> I agree what with are, you. What are some of your favorite moments from a Nightmare on Elm, Elm Street franchise? Oh, oh, I wish I could remember the line where Freddy Krueger... <laughs> grabs that person and smashes their head on the TV and he says a line I, afterwards, which I, I can't you, remember the line. I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say that. Um, um, the the first, when he murdered that girl in the first movie, remember she's running around on the ceiling and, and getting all cut up and bloody. That's, that's, that's iconic. That's an iconic scene. That, to this day, people still talk about, people still try to imitate. Um, that's a very iconic scene. Um, Although the creepiest was when Nancy's in the bathtub and the hand comes up in between her legs. That was a really like, 
that like that whole like that first movie had a lot of just creepy shots because there's like there's this brand new franchise this guy with claws his face looks like cheese pizza we and like we didn't know what to expect of this character and yeah. there, there was just so many things that happened in that first movie that you're like oh my goodness that we never seen before i think yeah. one of the creepiest moments for me is in the first film where you see freddy for the first time like in the flesh and he's chasing down not Nancy but another random character in the in the movie, and his arms stretch like long, yeah, across, and they're like scratching the walls. For me, growing up watching that as a kid, I was terrified because that just looked weird. It just creepy, like you just see a guy's arm stretching, and I think that's one of the things about like Freddy that made him so terrifying is that some of the things that he did was kind of cartoonish, but he did it in the real world, which made it weird and creepy yeah it just, it just looked odd and I, I think that's one of the things especially growing up that made um freddie just terrifying because yeah, he, had, he had fun not only that and here's the one thing that that people don't realize because i looked up the facts like come i know this the original freddie krueger movie as uh, the original nightmare on elm street freddie krueger only had 10 minutes of screen time under 10 minutes of screen time oh yeah i think i I feel like I've read that somewhere. That's crazy to think about that. That's crazy yeah. to think. Under 10 minutes in the entire film? Under 10 minutes. That is, see, Wes Craven, man. Give that man his, oh, oh. Wes Craven did some amazing stuff with that film. Yeah. Like for you to put out Nightmare on Elm Street and have the main character be in the movie for less than 10 minutes and still have an impact the way that film did, unheard of unheard of you know but that absolutely but that shows like freddie is is more of he's not just like the slasher guy like he he's more of the guy that that like has a presence about him like that that has an aura about him that's just terrifying yeah you know what i mean just the thought of him is terrifying so and and not only that anytime you see someone with a striped sweater instantly in your head you're thinking freddy krueger yeah exactly that that's kind of what i'm thinking too for sure yeah um but yeah that that's definitely one of my uh favorite moments i mean i have so many favorite moments with with freddy but like i'll be here forever picking out all my favorite moments for sure all right so what about freddy versus jason what uh, did you think about that and what did you think about who eventually won the fight did did you know I I don't have the exact number, but I did hear that that movie was in production for years. Yes, it was like, in production hell, a very long time, off and on. I think they changed directors, they changed scripts. That movie was oh goodness gracious that that movie was a uh, in production like craziness, almost like video games are today nowadays, basically. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I thought Freddy versus Jason. Well, I, I will first say, I remember watching, uh, I forgot which Jason movie was, but there was a Jason movie at the end of it when Jason dies, quote unquote. I remember I was not expecting it. Freddy Krueger's claws comes out the ground and grabs Jason's mask and pulls it down. This was in a Jason movie. Did you ever see that scene? Yes. I think it was the one before... Freddy versus Jason. Yeah, it was uh, the was one released. Before. It was it was the last one before that. And I remember seeing that. And mind you, at that time, 
there wasn't really much internet. None of us knew what was happening. None of us knew that there was even a Freddy versus Jason movie in production, but that was the first indication that there was going to be a Freddy Jason movie was when his claws came out of the ground in a Jason movie and grabbed yeah. the mess. I would say as a fan, I lost my mind. Cause like, that was like one of my first biggest crossovers that I've seen in a film at that time. I, I was still young. I'd never seen a film. At least I don't remember seeing a film crossover like that before. That no, was my I don't first remember film. anything. Exactly. That, that was like, that was a really big crossover that nobody expected to ever happen. Um, and then when the film finally came, um, I hated it. <laughs> I hated it. It was horrible. What made you hate it is the question. It felt like a video game. Like it felt like, cause you know how in Mortal Kombat, especially lately, they put all these random characters in games, Ninja Turtles. I think they put Jason in. No, I think they put Freddy Krueger in one of the Mortal Kombat games. Yes. And just the way that Freddy and Jason were going at each other in that movie, it just felt like a video game fight. It didn't feel like Freddy versus Jason, you know? Cause then like the whole time that, like when I first heard the film was in production, I kept thinking to myself, how is this going to look? What is this going to look like? Like, how are they going to versus each other? What does that look like? You know, and then when they actually went at it, it just it just felt like a video game. And I was just like, I'm not enjoying this. I'm not well, enjoying this. I kind of feel like they should have figured out a way to put Jason in the dream world, like stab him in the head, you know, and he's out. And while he's out, he winds up being in the dream world. And, you know, Freddy's chasing after, you know, one of the, the victims and then Jason pops up. Because Jason wants to kill that person too, and then Freddy and, and Jason fight. Him coming into the real world kind of felt really ridiculous, because of course Jason's going to win because you can't kill him. Yeah, but that's true. If you if you put them in the dream world, you know, then that's a different story. They're both not going to die ever. Yeah, and it's a perpetual fight. I don't know. It's just. I think it's one of those movies that where the idea is better than the execution, no matter which way you cut it. Yeah, I just, yeah, I, I think you're right. The idea is better than the execution. I just, I don't think it would be something after seeing that, I don't think it would be something that will ever work. And the other problem is too, is when you look at the, the story around them, it wasn't, it was very, like, I don't know if it was the actors or the story. It was just very meh. Yeah, I, I just think, I think it was a little bit of both. I think it was the actors because they had, what was it, Kelly Rowling was in this movie. <laughs> you know, okay. was, I was just like, oh, okay, uh, one of the singers from Destiny's Child is in this movie. Like, why would, like, that was already a red flag. Um and say I could my just, name, say my name. Sorry. Uh, yeah. And I'm just like, uh, I, I don't know, man. I, I don't know what the direction was. I don't know who directed it. Honestly, that's something I got to look at because that's big too. I think so, something like this, a film like this, it needs great. Act I don't even think it needs great acting. It just needs decent, mediocre acting and just a good story and just a a, a director that's decent. You know, this was just literally, I think it was just a cash grab. And because of the production hell, it yeah. got to a certain point where quality went out the window and it was just like, all right, we got to make all this money back. Let's just throw something together. 
I, I kind of think they they approach the film where like, what do we want to see in the fight? They got to <laughs> fight in fire. They, they you know, uh, you got to make sure that they throw each other around. Like they, you know, Freddie slashes air tanks to hit Jason, you know, like nightmare images. I just kind of felt like that was the problem that yeah. they had. I They had notes for beats in the movie, but they didn't have enough of a concept of the whole movie. I, I agree. I agree. Uh, Legion in chat says, if we watch it now, uh, from my view, it's meh. Yeah. I, I think we should yeah. watch it in Discord again. Like, you know, before... Movies gone queso. Movies gone queso. Freddy versus Jason. That's what we're going to do. We're going yeah. like, to let you guys know we're going to have movie night in Discord for sure. That's our next movie night. Um, yeah, I felt like the movie was just at a point, it just felt like it was just about the final fight, just coordinating how they want that to look. Um, and that's pretty much it, man. That, that's pretty much what it was, honestly. It, it was it was just horrible. It was so horrible. Yeah. For, some, for something that had so much hype, it was horrible. I think they would have stood a better chance where the fu- film would be more entertaining if every time Freddy or Jason went to kill one of the kids, they fought over it. You know, and so then, <laughs> no, no, seriously, l- listen to my idea. So they fight over who's going to kill them, you know. So in other words, as Jason goes after the victim, Freddie, you know, hurts Jason and then goes after them. And then, you know, each one of them has a body count. Mm. You know, then then the final finale is them really going at each other. You know, all you really need is, you know, a smaller cast, five people total, six people total. You knock off three or four and, you know, that's it. I yeah. think the movie. I think the movie would have been better off for one if it wasn't called Freddy versus Jason. If it was just a random Jason movie or a random Freddy movie, Jason or Freddy had to be there, and they interacted. They 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 did a few things, and then just build the story off of that, basically. But I just think the whole story being Freddy versus Jason, it felt like a Predator versus Alien movie, like like it's yeah. just um you know it just felt like that kind of vibe, and I'm just like this is not. That's not the vibe of either of these characters. You know what I mean? And they tried to make it that. And I think that's why it didn't work. I think they should have just figured out a different way to intertwine them together. The idea of intertwining them was amazing. Good idea. But they just should have found a different way to have them meet, but not be about, hey, let's fight each other. It's just more about, hey, we ran across each other. Let's interact. I think if that was the idea, that would have been cooler. Because or, it's not, or even not it being a Freddy movie, and then they, you know, as they're as they're, you know, trying to escape the town, they run into Camp Crystal Lake, and then all of a exactly. sudden, Freddy's there, you know, exactly something like that, where it's like a, oops, I ran into Freddy, or oops, I ran into Jason. That yeah. would have been cooler, because I don't know, I don't know. I just, I, I think it's one of the worst, one of the one of the biggest upsets in horror film history, uh, especially when it comes to. A collaboration. It's one of one of the biggest yeah. things. In sure. horror movies, you should not cross franchises. Yeah, just don't do it, man. Just don't do yeah. it. <laughs> All right. Going back to our Freddy Krueger thing. Hold up. I need to pull up my list of movies. Um, did it bother you that there was three movies after Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare? What were the three movies after that? Uh, Wes Craven's new nightmare, Freddy versus Jason, and the Nightmare on Elm Street remake. Yeah, I, I, I am mad at that. Besides Wes Craven's new nightmare, 
I think that's where their franchise should have stopped. What's Kevin's new nightmare? It should have just yeah. been done. I think that would have been a beautiful crescendo to end the franchise. Because that, like I said, What's Kevin's new nightmare? Besides the original, is hands down my favorite West, but my favorite Nightmare on Elm Street. Period. Probably one of my favorite horror movies. Period. Yeah. It, it's like top three for me. Uh, but I am out of that because at that because after New Nightmare, I felt like everything was just like cash grab. Let's see how much more money we can make. Let's push this as far as we can. And I feel like when it comes to those franchises, um, like when it comes to the Mount Rush, um, the Mount Rushmore of horror icons, Freddy, Jason, Michael Myers, uh, those are franchises they pushed past like 10 movies and it eventually just kind of got dry and corny after a while. Um, so yeah, I am kind of mad at that. I think they should have just know, like just know when you're ahead, just know when to quit, know when to call it, call it, call it a game, you know? Um, cause now I feel like those French, I feel like making a movie in either of those franchises now, it almost feels like a joke. Like if you, if, if you see somebody's making a Freddy Cooper movie, you're like, ah, Someone's making a Jason movie. Ah, like you're just like you're not taking it serious. You know what I mean? Yeah. Here's my question for you: Do you feel like the movies got worse as each new edition came on, or do you think the quality stayed about the same? Um, I would say quality. It probably diminished a little bit. I feel like the earlier films relied more on like practical effects, and that's what I loved about them. Um, as they moved on and started adding more iterations, I felt like they tried to add all these crazy special effects and things like that, and it just kind of took away from the grounded feeling of like the first two. And I think that's why the first two were just so amazing because no, they were so. The second grounded. one was not good. Okay. Oh no, no, no. I'm mixing it up. You mean original, one and three? Yeah, one and three, and uh, and uh, new nightmare. Like they they felt grounded. They used practical effects. Uh, I think new nightmare might have had like one or two special effects, but it was grounded. Like you didn't see them trying to do all these crazy special effects and do all these weird crazy things with Freddy. Because I felt like after a while, Freddy just became like like a funny guy. And granted, him being funny and him being him being sarcastic is his character. But him being funny kind of took away from his je ne sais quoi as a slasher guy, basically, in my opinion. I, I think it kind of took away from it because they were just so focused on him just being funny and let's make sure we get as many jokes as possible and so on and so forth. Yeah. You know? Let's have Freddy Krueger play a video game where that where, yeah. the, where the victim is in the video game. Yeah. It, it's just it, – it got, it got silly after I think I think one, three, and four – one was unique. It was a low-budget horror film that was amazing. Three and four, I feel like we're on the same level. Then I think two, and then the other ones just declined in quality. Yeah. And I think I that the remake tried to put too much money into it, not realizing what makes Freddy Krueger Freddy Krueger. That's true. That's actually a really good point. They put too much money into it. Wow. That's deep. Yeah. So for anybody who, if, if anybody who's thinking about making a Freddy Krueger movie, if you're listening to this, if you want to make another Freddy Krueger movie, don't give it a high budget. 
just just don't 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 give it a big budget because you're going to rely so much on that that you're going to lose or miss out on the quality of the story of the film of the characters because you're so focused on the money and how you're going to spend your money and what kind of camera you're going to use and what kind of special effects you're going to buy like don't think about that just think about like just think about some of the most iconic films that were low budget Nightmare on Elm Street. What was the budget on that? Let's let's actually look that up. What was the budget uh, on Nightmare on Elm Street? Hold on one second. I'll find it for you. Los is our residential facts and money guy. One point one million. One point one million. That is chump change in film world today. That's nothing. That's what you pay your director. Not even. Well, they they actually <laughs> think that a low budget film is three million and under in Hollywood. Wow. They're like they're like that's your talking head movie, your little romance movie, and things like that, where there's little to no special effects. It's all location, you know. It's mostly talking heads, um, and you know, Nightmare on Elm Street was made with one point one million dollars. It was a low budget film, you know. Uh, and then let's look at. Hold on. And the budget for the remake was thirty-five million dollars. Jeez, that 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 tells you something. Yeah, that tells you something. You, you got you got this this low budget film with the money they use for that film nowadays is pennies in the film industry, and it is still regarded as one of, if not the top three, top five, one of the best horror films of all time. Yes. Like it is, it is literally, if that movie did not succeed, that franchise would have died after the credits rolled. Yeah. And because of that movie with that small budget, that's the reason why we have one of the best, most iconic characters of all time. Well, I think one of the, I think the horror movies we all remember have it had a low budget, they had a low budget, but, uh, but a low budget on the, on the larger side, do you feel what I'm trying to say? Yeah. They had a little more breathing room in their budget as opposed to, you know, the, the bottom of the barrel, low budget ones. Um, yeah. And I just kind of think with, you know, with lack of money comes imagination. With imagination comes creativity. With creativity, you know, you're like, okay, I don't have the money to do X, Y, or Z. How can I improve this, you know? Yeah. And you go more for the jump scares. You go more for the story. You cast the right people, you know? And I just kind of feel like those are the things that really make those films you know, memorable and iconic. Yeah. I agree. I agree. So, yeah, I, I don't know, man. Um, I, I personally think that it sucks to say because Freddy is part of my childhood. I grew up on Freddy, but I, I feel like the franchise is done at this point. Uh, I can't see in any near future the franchise coming back or anybody who can... Or anybody, I mean, there's a few guys that we can see playing that role, but as far as like the creative, the higher up, the you know, directors, producers, I just don't know if anybody has that mind that Wes Craven had to just give that franchise magic. You know what I mean? I, I just can't see it right now. I can't see it. Okay. it sucks. With that statement being said, if the gods of Hollywood said, <laughs> KJ, we want you to reboot Nightmare on Elm Street, how would you do it? What would you do? But the only stipulation is you have to keep the actor from the reboot to play Freddy. Mm. 
would you accept the job? Will you deny the job? Or are there things in your head that you think are iconic in the Freddy Krueger movie? I would accept the job. The one thing that I would have to require for the movie to be, I think, for the movie to be successful, um, stay away from an origin story. I feel like that's just so... There's so many origin stories nowadays, and that's just so played out. You know what I mean? And at that point, you you risk alienating fans, and they're saying, "Oh, well, you're doing this different. He never had this. He never did that." And it's like, I don't want to. I don't want to deal with that problem. So I'm not doing an origin story. What I would okay. probably do is, um, I feel like I would just do just a random Freddy story. It's not a continuation of part two. This is not one that happened after part eight. This is not the one that happened before part one. This is, I'm just going to do a random, almost like they did with the, the uh, evil dead franchise. The one that came out, I think in 2012 or something like that. Um, And with that, with that evil dead movie, they didn't try to do like a continuation of a story. They didn't try to do an origin or anything. They just took the, the idea of the evil dead franchise and they just made it in current time. And that's basically what I would do with Nightmare on Elm Street. I would just take that franchise, Freddy Krueger, and just say, all right, let's say if Nightmare on Elm Street came out today, what would that look like? What if Nightmare on Elm Street, what for the first time came out in 2023, what would that, ha- what would that look like? How would that feel? And that's the feel that I would go for. Okay. Not an origin so, story. So here's a question. Would you continue the thread line of Freddy's getting revenge on the parents who murdered him or would you do make it about you know whoever whatever children live in this town they're the ones who suffer i you would know, I whatever would, caveat i would probably figure out a different angle i i think that'll be because at the end of the day it's like all right you're bringing freddie back you're just continuing like you're making your own story what are you doing that's different people are going to want to know what's different don't just do the same thing that west did don't just pick up off of west's story Add your own flair to it, but still show respect to the, you know, to the, you know, to the character, to the franchise. I would just pick a new, a new path to go. Uh, maybe I won't go about revenge. Maybe I'll make it about something else. Maybe I'll just make it about he's just doing it because he wants to, you know, sometimes not having a, having the reason makes it even scarier, you know, and then maybe at the end of the film, you find out the reason, or maybe in a sequel, you find out the reason. I don't know. Um, uh, I know, but, I know how I would, how I would do the film. How would you do it? I would do it where you have Nancy's grandchildren. Okay. Oh, um, interesting. You know, literally they come from the funeral. They look at the old house and they'll let's knock it over. Or maybe the first shot is the house being demolished. Mm. And then the construction workers find a box, open the box and there's Freddie's glove. And when they open the box and see Freddie's glove, you see something escape. And then from there, Freddy Krueger goes on his, you know, murder Rare page. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. You know, put whatever you want in it, you know, voodoo this or this, that yeah. other thing. But, you know, Nancy did it, you know, and in her will, one of the warnings was don't, you know, don't destroy the house. Don't break and, the foundation and, because and she buried it under the house. I mean, yeah. I think that would have been, that's why we haven't heard from Freddie for so long because she found the way to trap him. Interesting. And then you come into the whole thing where, like, you know, it's Nancy's great grandchildren that are being tortured or killed, 
you know, mm. you know, or not even them, just everyone around them. Like Freddie's yeah. saving them for last. Okay. You know, because that line, would be a new, new twist. New line cinema, give us a call. <laughs> Seriously, give us a yeah. call. You know, just just something different, you know, something that you didn't see. Like there's no um, you know, there's no like voodoo or witchcraft or whatever in um in that I, that I can remember in any of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. So I think I think that little teeny tiny twist of, you know, you know, this voodoo box that held him, uh, I think would be a nice twist. And you can just literally drop it after that because no one's going to care. Yeah. yeah, true. You know, true. that's actually an interesting idea. You might you might want to copyright that. Somebody might be listening. It might actually steal that idea from you. Yeah, I don't care. As long, <laughs> as, long as they give me credit, you know. Yeah, right. Yeah, in the like in the credits, you'll see um, co-producer or idea from Maui. Like, wait a second, what? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Maui. Hey, what's yeah, going but, on? But um, but yeah, cool. I just kind of think that Freddy Krueger, um, at one point was this runaway train. And then um, it didn't sell as well as it used to, uh, I think mostly because of video rentals. And then, um, you know, we're going back in the day now. Uh, and then all of a sudden they were like, ah, oh, let's just kill this thing. Who cares? Mm -hmm. It's not making as much money as we want. And then they were like, well, you know, we kind of need a little money. Maybe we can call on Freddie. And, you know, and then it just went on and on and on. And I think the reboot originally the concept was we love this character, but then they're like, we don't know how to do this character. Let's throw money at the problem, and, and it ruined it. Yeah, pretty much. That's why I said I feel like now when if we if we were to ever think about or hear somebody come out and say, hey, I'm making a Nightmare on Elm Street movie or something or whatever the case may be, it would feel so weird. It, it, yeah. It's just like, ah, here we go again. What 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 corny actor is going to play the guy this time? You know what I mean? So, yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Hell, another twist you could have done on it would be like, instead of finding the glove, you find the hat. And when the construction workers puts on the hat, and then he gets possessed by Freddy. And then he, in the real world, murders these kids. And so oh, then, wow. at the end of the first movie, they actually kill him. And then murdering him releases Freddy into the dream world. I mean, that'd be another way to go about it. That could be. That could be, actually. <laughs> that'd be a good idea, actually. I'm, I swear, somebody's going to steal this idea. We got to be careful. Yeah, and um, this is all just on top of the head, you know. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, let's just, you know, because you know me, I can always think of like film ideas real quick. Yeah, true, true. So, look, look at that that ghost detective script I sent you. Oh yeah, are we are we actually still like is that still good to go? Are we still going to work on that? Yeah, we are going to work on that. Ricky, right now, um, another person. They sold the house that he was renting, so now he's going to go uh, and he's looking to purchase a house now. So oh. he's in the middle of getting all that. But, you know, the, the new owners are giving him a little time to move out and stuff. 90 days. So is he's he, trying to, like, work on that. Coming, is he coming back to Jersey? No. He's got he's got too much work in Florida. Yeah. You know, the problem with here is there's just too much competition. Yeah, that is true. I mean, because you got New York, Philly. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, it's definitely a lot of competition up here as far as the film industry. Yeah. And believe it or not, there's a lot of production companies in South Jersey and the reason why they're there is because they can rent warehouses dirt cheap and you know rent out sets and things like that and that's that's like a a thing that people don't know about about south jersey true you know i was i was walking through this is like just a random conversation talking about filmmaking i was walking through uh chinatown in uh in uh philly no not philly in new york in new york mm 
Um, and I just saw like people just walking down the street with a camera, a light, and they're just filming a scene. And I'm just like, oh, yeah, I miss that. I miss it so much, dude. Like, like I was literally just, I was just sitting there just watching like, wow, I wonder what they're shooting. You know, it was just, it, it just reminded me of just, you know, us at great or, you know, shooting our music videos, shooting our short films. And I'm just like, man, like the reason why, FYI, for anybody who's listening or watching this podcast right now, the reason why I even started like J House Studios, J House Radio is to pick up to the best of my ability where Great Air Studio left off. That is literally the reason why I even did this because like great. And I know we talk about Great Or Studios and you guys, a lot of you guys probably don't even know anything about it. Like what is Great Or? Um, like I said, on the 100th episode, we're going to have a special episode about that. You guys are going to love it. Um, but yeah, Great Great Or Studios, man, has opened up like something in me, in me creatively that has made me made me come to where I am today in regards of, of content, honestly, because of Grey Door is the reason why I started this podcast. You know what I mean? Um, and just seeing, walking down the street, seeing those, um, like that crew shooting their little short film or whatever it was, it just made me think of that. And it, it, it brought me back to, you know, like my humble beginnings. <laughs> you know what I mean? I will say this much though. If Grey Door, if I was able to reboot Grey Door now, it would be a completely different company. Yeah, I could. I, I I would break it up into divisions. Like I would have a podcast division. I would have um, uh, a social media division where it's you know small films, low budget small films, um, and I would have the photography division. Like I would break it up into three categories. The podcast would even be you know where you could rent a space to record a podcast. A flat fee. You get this much hours. Mm-hmm. You know you get to record your podcast there. You know, which a lot of people would be willing to do it for, you know, for a small fee. Exactly. Because a lot of people don't really have the space, you know, to do a podcast. Some people literally just like me, just have the living room and that's it. Yeah. You know, you know what I mean? So Or me, my messy office. <laughs> Hence so, yeah. the green screen. Yeah. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like I said, you know, that, that's something that we're going to dive deep into when we do our 100 episode. I can't wait for that. It's going to be so freaking fun. Um but yeah, that is our retrospective of the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. I uh, really hope you guys enjoyed it. Like I said, we don't we, we don't dive too much into the horror stuff. Um, but I felt like because it's like Halloween season, we were like, you know what? Let's do something different. Yeah. And obviously, it seemed like you guys liked it. You guys liked the conversation. Um, we definitely want to try to experiment and try different topics instead of just being, you know, tunnel visioned on certain topics or films and things like that. So. Yeah. And the thing is, too, over the next couple of months, like we really have to to figure out, you know, having a pop culture podcast is great when there's a lot of pop culture things you can talk about. But now, like all everything's drying up. So now we have to kind of like do retro reviews and and, uh, talk about franchises and things like that, you know, because the the next show we can talk about as a review is Loki. And then after yeah. that, what do we got? Uh, after, after uh, and I'm not even looking. I'm not looking forward to that. Do we have to watch that? Do we yeah. have to watch yes, that? Yes, we do. Oh, my goodness. Yes, I'm not Let's looking forward it, to that. The, we cover all, all DC and Marvel. Dude, I am not looking. That That is one DC film I can say. Marvel. Probably the first Marvel film. 
see see how bad it is that is like one of the first marvel films that i can actually say dude i don't even give a crap about it i don't want to see it i'm not even interested not even a little bit about this film but i'm doing it for you guys i'm doing it for the people doing it for the people wait uh, what is we, it? you you can watch what was it said? legion i'm sorry forgive me i don't understand what you said you can watch what the f paid to watch this topic you guys brought up i'm a little confused by that legion you might have to read you might have to retype that one <laughs> yeah yeah um, um maybe he's saying that he would watch he would pay to watch the ideas we came up with maybe 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 that's what he said because awesome. i do think that's that's a full what we thought of is a full twist on, on freddy krueger yeah you know? I, I i think that'll be very interesting to, to see something like that man we gotta yeah. we gotta get somebody get new line of cinema on the line we got we to gotta have a conversation with you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and again, you know what? Like going back to if we would redo, uh, if we would start making films again, I would like to do sequels, you know, like vignettes. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, and then once we're done with all the vignettes, you know, release a full, full blown version, you know, a full movie version of the vignettes. Uh, no, they did brought up Lowe's that who the F paid to watch this and I brought up a movie in this court. Ah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so like, uh, I, I would love to start approaching that come next year. You know, like we do small vignettes, like remember the one film I've been dying to do, you know, eight minutes. Oh, where yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. you know, eight minutes and all those conversations are linked together. Like I would love to do something, uh, a vignette of something or even our version of a TV show, which is no more than 10 minutes an episode. That's true. That's true. That'd be a good idea. That's actually a really yeah. good idea. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, yeah, I don't know, man. I just, I can't wait till we get into like doing short films again, honestly. And and, and that's one thing that sucks is like, I feel like once we start getting into doing our uh, short film, it's probably going to take a little bit away from the podcast. But then again, I don't think so. A, you don't, think, don't so? think so? Because, because the thing about the podcast is because we focus on pop culture, we can choose one week to be current and one week to be retrospective. That's true. You know, and it, we can record the current and retrospective back to back, you know, like on a Thursday and a Friday, and then just release the retrospective, you know, later on. That's true. So uh, I don't think, I mean, it, it will at first, but I think once we get the hang of it, I don't think it'll be a problem. Uh, Traveman said that we could have some cool segments on what we're working on. That's actually a cool idea. So, like, if we're working yeah. on the uh, short film, we can have like an episode where we're like, "Hey, guys, is like you know behind the scenes talking about what we're doing." We might even just do the podcast on set. You know, like after we shoot, like you know, for the day or something. Maybe it'd be like a short podcast, but we could do like a quick twenty minute podcast of us on set just talking about the film and stuff like that. Yeah. So that could be a good idea. Every time that that I've shot. Any film, I do a lot of BTS behind the scenes. Yeah. Um, because I feel like that connects your audience to the film. Even if you don't like it, sometimes you're willing to watch behind the scenes to find out what went right or what went wrong. Um, like DC's big on behind the scenes and and people watch that as much as they watch the the actual product. That's true. That's true. I I, I love DC behind the scenes stuff. I freaking love it, man. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like I said, we'll, uh, we'll definitely keep you guys posted on that project on the uh, short film that we're working on. Um, 
it's just it, it's it's a it's a process. It's definitely a process. Um, obviously, if we if that's something that we do start working on, it's not going to be probably to like maybe next year once the weather starts yeah. getting a little better outside. Because we got to wrap up the year and then we got to get ready for the 100th episode. Uh, Los has things going on next year, and then we got to actually start getting ready for like start getting things together for this short film before we shoot. Yeah. Obviously, but we'll, we'll definitely keep you guys posted. And like I said before, guys, you know the the Patreon is something that that helps. You know, it's something that helps in, in regards to things like that. Us doing our short films, uh, us doing just extra projects and extra content for you guys. Um, once we do get the short film. 100% okay to go like we get the casting and everything right we're going to set up something on our patreon uh that's going to go towards the short film like we'll, we'll, we'll set up a fund so anything that you guys put into that particular fund is literally going to just go towards the short film nothing else you know to help us hire other people to help on the film hire actors uh so on and so forth um so yeah we'll, we'll definitely keep you guys posted on that one yeah and Traveman will keep you in mind for any uh, graphic design stuff Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The trademen actually hooked me up with some um, like emotes and stuff like that for my uh, Twitch page and stuff like that. So he's uh, he's actually really good. He's really good. Yeah, and um, and yes, we still have to do our My Little Pony. Oh podcast. yes, I keep forgetting that. about that. Legion reminds me about it every time in Discord. He's like, My Little Pony, My Little Pony. You know, maybe we it? should just do it next show. Just get it over and done with. Rip the bandaid off. Yeah, we probably should. But all right, so what we'll do is because. I want to talk about actually when is the last episode of Loki? I don't think it's next week. Are, uh, are we talking? I don't know. So that you know what? Yeah, we'll regardless of what we're doing next week, we'll add My Little Pony to the show next week. We'll just do okay. that. Well, like you said, we'll just we'll, we'll whip off the band-aid and get that one done for you guys because because we did promise you guys that. So, all right, uh, Los, do you have anything you want to leave the beautiful people before we get out of here today? Um subscribe comment <laughs> and like and don't forget to share uh it's a little gesture for you but it means a lot to us um the more people who can actually uh listen uh more people who can get ears on it will, will help us advance a little bit uh don't forget to um join our patreon for a little as a dollar you guys can help us keep the lights on keep the coffee flowing hey where's my camera wait, oh, oh, whatever wait, you get oh. the point my no. coffee <laughs> uh, um and uh, we appreciate you guys very much in chat you guys really do make everything very interesting for us because without you guys um commenting and things like that it, it uh it, sometimes kj and i look at each other like hmm is there something we're missing yeah, right. <laughs> and you guys really do help thank you guys so much for being part of the bra uh part of the podcast thank you so much for the support thank you so much for the comments and thank you so much for reminding us about things like the my little pony episode that we need to do uh <laughs> yeah yeah Tra Tra trade man just asked about that so just a quick backstory we lost uh i forgot what the bet was no 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 not we you i, I okay I lost here's the backstory in a nutshell kj promised my girl that he would bring her chocolate bunnies so that's why we have a chocolate bunny rating for all our movies and things like that so, oh, we did forgot to do that. Do the rating on the chocolate bunnies. Um, so KJ keeps saying he's gonna do it, he's gonna do it, he's gonna do it. And he was like, I promise you that you're gonna get your chocolate bunnies by this date. And and if you don't do it, I'll review whatever you want. And so then my girl was like, My little pony. So this is why we are uh, paying for it and having to review my little pony. Yeah, trust me, it was not something that we 
wanted to do. It was not like we just woke up and say, hey, let's just review My Little Pony for the next episode on Jayhaw's Radio. Yeah. That was not the case. So. Yeah. And, and I give the Nightmare on Elm Street uh, franchise four chocolate bunnies. Ooh, okay. I, I, I would probably say four and a half. Four and a half chocolate bunnies, I'll give it because, you know, the bad apples in a franchise were pretty bad and the ones that were good were amazing. And um, my score is that high. Because, my score is that high because uh, Freddie Curry just scared the crap out of me as a kid. Like, yeah, he, he he literally has made an impact on my life, you know, growing up. So, yeah, four to five chocolate bunnies for the entire Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. Um, rest in peace. Um, Wes Craven and uh, big ups to my boy. Robin England, man. You're amazing. Yes. All right, guys. That is it. Thank you for hanging out with us for our Nightmare on Elm Street retrospective. We're going to try to do more of these. Uh, It was actually kind of fun. So, yeah, we'll catch you guys later. Peace and chicken grease. Later.